Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. It is not looking good for Ron DeSantis, and it seems like Trump has nobody in his way. In 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey today. Kev's here. I remain amazed, Brad. I feel like over the years with our various shows, I've been really good about reading tea leaves at a local level, at a state level, at a national level about what's going to happen and talking about that and making predictions. Not all of them come true, but I feel like we get a lot more wrong than we don't. And uh, I got to admit, I was 100% off on how this Republican primary was going to shape up. Uh, Certainly thought Trump would be a front runner of some sort. However, I kind of thought, okay, you've had eight years of Trump. You've had a lot of lack of success. Take out 2016 with Trump. And people are going to say, hey, we're ready for something different. We're ready to win. Doesn't mean we don't like a lot of the Trump policies, but we're ready to start winning elections again. And Trump has trouble with that. And I thought when you looked at front and center, someone like Ron DeSantis, people were going to say, we can get all the Trump stuff, we can get better than Trump stuff, and it's with somebody who actually not only won in a swing state, but won overwhelmingly in a swing state and lifted other people up in a swing state. Let's go that way. That simply has not happened. It is not. And yeah, DeSantis has stumbled, and it's kind of like you referenced with the Indiana governor's race. It's because he's boring. Yeah, he is. Really boring. Do you think it matters, though? Because I, I I I just talked to too many people now who this election of Trump is not even about Trump. It's about that they believe 2020 was stolen, and this is not only is it a revenge tour for Trump, in many ways it's a revenge tour for them, and I'm not sure what DeSantis could have done that would have made people not feel that way. I, I tend... I. Sadly, I agree with you, because yes, it's, <laughs> it, it is a revenge tour, but why? Why? You should not legislate on revenge and you why would you want to be a part of that i mean if you're a trump supporter you could do so much better yeah and and again we had this conversation i've just stopped having the conversation because at this point if people have not moved off this they're not going to move off this and uh it is going to be trump i mean barring some sort of just totally unforeseen thing that we've never seen before in american politics trump is going to boat race everybody in iowa and there's, you know, they always say, oh, there's three tickets out of Iowa. There will not be. There may not even be two tickets out of Iowa. If he wins 50% of the vote and you got DeSantis right. and Haley, at, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20, it's over. Yeah. There isn't it, even going to be a New Hampshire. It doesn't even, it won't even, it won't even matter. And I agree with you, Brad, and Casey and I talked about this ad nauseum that I do not want Joe Biden to be president of the United States anymore. I do not want four more years of a Democrat president destroying this country now everybody knows listens to the show i have no love for the republicans and i'm not cheerleading for any republican to be president i want the right republican to be president who i feel like has a track record of getting things done i think if you look compare the records of desantis as governor and trump as president they're not even close in terms of the accomplishments and success and lifting other people up but 
it doesn't it just doesn't matter to people and at some point in our business you got to just accept that and go hey what your vision of what should be is not what the republican party's vision of what should be or at least presidential primary voters and it is what it is what i don't understand is trump is not a conservative no he is not a conservative so so to say that that mega trumpism is conservative politics those are not the th- same thing and republican politics is not either one of those either right and so somehow the republicans are going to have to figure out how to coalesce and say all right this is what we stand for because you're right most americans don't want another four years of biden heck most democrats don't want another four years of biden the field is open and i'm going to continue to say this until it happens the first major party to run somebody who was yep. not trump or biden will win yeah and there's a real world where and casey had this theory months ago and the longer we go the more i think she may be spot on where the democrats choose someone else at a convention where they allow biden to get through a primary so that some far left radical like bernie sanders can't come in and swoop and get the nomination and then you allow the party insiders and republicans better be prepared that it's someone like michelle obama running against Donald Trump and you are not going to like that. Right. Because yeah, Democrats have more of the superdelegates and yes, their primaries and caucuses mean less to their them selecting their candidate than it does in the Republican Party. Because you and you have less time to go on offense against someone like Michelle Obama if they pick her in July. Right. I, I don't know is July or August, whenever the Democrat convention is, versus, you know, obviously there's been four years of beating up on Biden with bad policies. So all of this being said, so Miami Dade County, uh Florida Florida, hotbed. Ron DeSantis did very well there, better than Republicans have done in a very long time. It was one of the big stories that came out of his reelection. Oh my gosh, this blue county! Look at how well he did. They have they held a straw poll and they overwhelmingly chose Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis. And we have seen in poll after poll and these straw polls and actual scientific polls. Ron DeSantis loses big in his home state. Yes. Even despite all the good he did in Florida, people are like, yeah, thanks. Uh, we're going with the other guy. And that just blows. Like, I get that Mike Pence was losing to Donald Trump in Indiana because Mike Pence was a crappy governor who was about to get his ass handed to him by John Gregg if Trump hadn't saved him. I get that. But in Florida, you just overwhelmingly reelected this guy and said how great he was. And still those people even are like, nah, we're going with Trump. I this whole Trump thing blows my mind. I I thought he was an interesting sideshow in 2016, and the fact that he was on the stage brought viewers in, but he just kept surviving and started winning, and all of a sudden, yeah, nobody took him seriously until it was too late. Yeah, so um, Ron DeSantis had a town hall with CNN last night, so there were probably seven people watching it. It was on CNN, so there's a good chance you didn't hear any of it. And, um, you know, it was just like Trump's town hall at whatever it was, an hour and a half, two hours. Um, But he did talk about Trump being a general election candidate and the potential pitfalls and perils that come with Trump as the Republicans' general election candidate. Here's what he had to say. What I would tell primary voters is... uh Whatever may be beneficial in the primary doesn't mean it's beneficial in the general election. And I think a 2024 election where the Democrats get to run against a candidate that is going through all this stuff, that is going to give the Democrats an advantage. Don't have to agree with any of the stuff that was done. That's just the reality. And we end up in a situation where we're putting the future of the Republican Party and the future of the nation, perhaps, in the hands of 12 jurors in heavily Democrat D.C., which is likely to be a very stacked left-wing jury, 
that if they somehow convict, then the Democrats are going to win the election. Why do we want to even go down that road? Don't let's focus on your issues. Let's focus on Biden's failures. Let's focus on how we're going to be able to turn this country around. Uh, I'll be somebody that's focused on that. But then even more importantly, as president, uh, I'll be disciplined and determined to deliver on all those things. It's not going to be about me. Heck, when I'm not out there doing the job, I've got young kids. My wife and I will be back home. You know, we'll be doing stuff, raising our family. That's going to be the extent of what we're doing. We are going to be laser focused on your issues. The biggest problem, well, there are many problems. One of the biggest problems with the Republican Party right now is there's no clear vision of what they are and there is no clear messaging of what they are and their leader doesn't have an agenda that you can wrap your arms around. And by what I mean is you have no idea what Donald, drill baby drill is not a policy proposal. No. I will solve Ukraine and Russia in 24 hours is not a policy proposal. On all of the key stuff, you don't really know, unlike 2015 to 16, where you knew what Trump intended to do, you don't know. And so it's going to make it very hard unless he formulates some sort of concrete two, three, four bullet point policy proposals like he had in 2015, 16 for the Republicans to run in the fall because you don't know how to run with him. And when you can't run with the top of the ticket, it makes it very hard to win. Right. Because, yes, the one thing we do know, it will be a series of executive orders on things that Trump cares about, but are not necessarily good for America. Yeah. And and that's a that's a big thing everybody needs to keep in mind, because there's so many of these swing state Senate races that are up. And right now it's 51 49. Let's go ahead and take West Virginia out because Manchin's not running. The governor, Jim Justice, there has got an overwhelming lead in the primary. He's a Republican. Let's just give West Virginia to the Republicans. Now you're 50 50. And there's so many of these swing states that are in play that are currently have Democrat senators. You got one shot and you're going to have to be able to run in these swing states on a coalesced vision and and winning. And you know this, Brad, winning in the states is different than winning nationally because Wisconsin is different than North Carolina. North Carolina is different than Georgia and Georgia is different than Michigan and you need to have some sort of broad vision for everybody to run on as a team. This is our offense. This, you know, maybe a couple of the plays we call are a little different, but this is the general offense that that we're running. And I don't think the Republicans know right now what sort of offense they're running, which is going to make it very difficult for well, them. And they don't because the party is not bigger than the candidate. Yeah. So it's it's the tail wagging the dog in this instance yeah. where, yeah, Trump is setting the agenda. So there's no and he's not a team player. He does not. He does not put a team around him, and he does not put a game plan out there. So nobody else really knows yeah. what what the plan is because there is no plan. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, there's a video that is circulating. It is uh, it has turned out that it is a it is a parody video. However, the fact that so many people believe this video is real is a total indictment of the public education system and a total indictment of our society in which we live. We'll play the audio when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey show. Brad's in for Casey, 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
trigger me the press people button. You asked for this, didn't you? I did. Oh Brad Kloppenstein request right here. kind of surprises me because this is like a Jamaican song. Yeah. You're into the Jamaican scene. I, I, I like upbeat music. I will put it that way. And Jamaican songs typically are rather upbeat, even though they're talking about fighting a man. Brad's whole life is upbeat. Yeah. That's why we like Brad. Thank That's you. That's the filling guy. Sense. Yeah, it is, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Uh, Casey's out today. Brad's in for Casey. Kev's here. Uh. All right, so this video, this video uh, went viral on a couple days ago, maybe, and maybe it was even yesterday that it kind of blew up. And it, I'm watching this video and I'm saying, okay, generally I can tell when something's a parody and when someone's legitimately crazy. It's like artificial intelligence. I still have the ability, maybe because I, I don't know if you know this, Brad, I have 2010 vision. I, I've heard that before. You've mentioned that. I have 2010 vision. Uh, Is that like 2010 hindsight? It's like so. <laughs> it's like so good that you can read the bottom uh, thing on the test, which most people can't do. So I'm pretty good at spotting things that other people don't see. And part of it is I can look at, just like with artificial intelligence, I can tell still when something's real or something's not, although it's it's getting harder and harder. I can look at a lot of these videos and tell whether someone, just kind of little things in their face, the way they move, whether they're parody or it's legitimate. But this video went viral of this woman uh, lamenting that her kid was not allowed to act like a cat or identify as a cat in the public school. And people were sharing it and losing their mind. And then it took a little while, but finally it came out, as I had predicted, that this was a woman who was was doing a parody. But I'm going to play you this video. And when you hear this video, keep in mind, this is it came out. It is it is a parody of somebody spoofing on society. But we are at a point now where the public education system and parents have gotten so ridiculous that it is now just like artificial intelligence almost impossible unless you have 2010 vision like me to delineate what is real and what is not and many many people believe that this video was real my son identifies as a cat and his school is not taking that seriously and i am honestly planning on suing them so yesterday was the first day of school and during class he was licking his paws and his teacher um, told him to stop and he didn't so she called me and she was like hey you have to get your son to stop doing this during class. It's really distracting to the other kids. And I was like, I'm not going to tell my son that he can't express himself. I have raised my son to be who he is. And I just think that it's really sad that these schools are trying to indoctrinate children and, you know, putting them in this mold to make them think that they they need to be they need to act like a human, whatever that means. He's not hes not a human. He's a cat. Anyway, I, I am planning on suing them um, because they don't accommodate for him. And uh, I just want to know if there's any other parents out there that are having this issue because we can put together a class action. The onus is not on the people who shared this who thought it was real because it is happening and there are people out there who are like this and there are public education systems who facilitate this sort of behavior and allow this sort of thing to happen. Rob, had you presented this to me as I was at the Brownsburg School Board <laughs> meeting and I recorded this, I would have said, yep, not surprised. Yeah. I mean, it, it is uh, totally an indictment of our society and the public education system that this this sort of 
ridiculousness is allowed to go on. But ultimately, it lies with the parents. And it comes back to whether it is ridiculous stuff like this or it is parents who believe that their 12 or 13 year old is capable of chopping off their penis and deciding they want to go from a you know a man to or a boy in this case to a girl it ultimately it all starts and all of the problems of society really start in the home front yes. it is our responsibility as parents to raise our kids and teach them right and wrong and teach them what they are and we have so many parents i think that it comes down to they want to be their kids friend or be liked by their kid more so than do the hard work that comes with actual parenting. Yes. So my, my experience has been in education, the parents that are first ones to stand up saying the school's picking on my kid and my kid is brilliant and they don't understand. They're the ones that have the worst kids. Your kids are the bullies. Your kids are the ones causing all the problems. Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 100% uh, you're 100% correct. All right. So I did want to play this other piece of audio. So Joe Rogan, obviously very popular podcast, millions of downloads every single week. Um, he has been a leader in going after people who not just promoted the vaccine and but rather the people who shamed others who wouldn't get the vaccine. Reasonable people can disagree on all sorts of things. But Brad, in 2020, we saw with, with unsettled science, which has now been proven incorrect, you could get COVID if you had the vaccine. You can spread COVID if you had the vaccine. Could get you get COVID if you wore a mask. You could with a mask. <laughs> you could spread and get it. You could die from COVID if you wore a mask. You could die from COVID if you got the vaccine. And all of these things, we were told, you are the person who's killing others if you choose not to believe this or question this. And now there's a plethora of people who have all sorts of unexplained health ramifications who got these the, the COVID shots. Now, there are many people who got the COVID shot, and, and they're fine. But the fact is people were bullied and pressured into doing something in many cases they didn't want to do either fear of losing their job or not being able to go out into society. And now they're having all sorts of long-term ramifications. And the people who bullied or shamed those people into doing those things are just trying to skate out of this with no responsibility whatsoever. So Joe Rogan uh, on his podcast was talking about this, and I thought he made a lot of really good points. Well, I mean, one of the things that I... I'm sad about, but it's also kind of hilarious, is how many people were promoters of the vaccine and died suddenly. It's crazy how many young people just died in their sleep after they took it. And everybody's like, nothing to see here. Sudden adult death syndrome. Yeah. Just died suddenly. You ever go to the died suddenly Instagram page? Like, holy there's so many and so many people like talking about people who are, you know, anti-Darwin, anti-vaxxers, and then, then you're dead. Sorry, you, you bought you bought into the wrong bullshit. But that's, you know, if you really want to get cruel, that's Darwinism. Do you not know they lie by now? Do you not? Do, are you not aware of the opioid crisis? You're not aware of Vioxx? You're not aware of the various like to 25 percent of all FDA approved drugs that get pulled? One out of four. And you're like, really, you're an anti-vaxxer? Really, 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 a conspiracy theorist? You fool. Darwin's going to do its work with you. You're modifying your genes, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're just going to trust Pfizer? Well, they do support Anderson Cooper, brought to you by Pfizer. And you're like, oh, this must be legit. 
I'm just going to clip this and show this to people from this point on. <laughs> yeah, clip it. I mean, it's it's very eye-opening. He's right. The vaccine companies are a business. They exist to make money. They're no different than this radio show, which is owned by a corporation who exists to make money. We entertain, we educate, but we're a business. Every, almost everything you consume is a business. And the idea, because it falls in the medical field, that you think that these companies are not existing to make money, are not on this earth to make money, there are many good people in the medical field. There's absolutely no doubt that there's many fine doctors and nurses and people who care deeply. But these pharmaceutical companies, they're not running a soup kitchen. They are not actually going to know you. They actually don't really care about you. There are some vaccines that are great and have been very helpful, like polio, but that was determined over years and years and years and years, They Brad. live in a world where they talk about acceptable losses. Exactly. And you think about it, even like take the polio shot. There's people my parents' age who have giant scars on their arms because that was what happened initially when you got the polio shot. And over time, it got perfected and it got bettered and it got made more convenient. And now people get a polio shot and you don't, you know, you don't even know they ever got it. Yeah. No. But that was over decades, decades of time, Brad. Now, our friend Jim Merritt is writing a book and I'm looking forward to this yeah. book coming out where he is looking at how our, how we reacted to the COVID-19 um, pandemic of 2020 compared to the Spanish flu of 100 years previously. And he's going to compare and contrast reactions, what worked, not, what didn't work. I'm looking forward to reading his conclusions on this. Yeah, it's just amazing the just public shaming that people needlessly went through in, in 2020 and 2021 and how the people who went through that were proven correct that COVID vaccine didn't stop anybody from getting COVID. It didn't prevent anybody from spreading COVID. The mass didn't stop it. The business closures didn't stop it. The virus did what viruses always do. It ran its course. There are variants of it. The majority of people who got COVID are completely fine long term. But there's many, many people who got that COVID vaccine who are not fine long term. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Nancy Pelosi, she is being wild and wacky. And boy, did she make a lot of money off being in Congress last year. It's Kendall and Casey show. Brad's in for Casey, 93 WIBC. Working on a night move. Yeah. Trying to make some it's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Brad's in for Casey today. Kev's here. Brad, are you in the market? In stock, the market or on the market? Stock market. Are you in, I, I are am you in, in the, the market, yes. Is that what they say, in the market? So, yeah, I have a little public account that yeah. has a little bit of stuff in it. So, in fact, you mentioned that a couple weeks ago, Indiana or some, or maybe the federal government announced that they were allotting like a billion dollars to cap old oil wells yeah. and secure those so i immediately went online and i'm like all right who caps oil wells and i found some company and i'm like okay let's throw 50 bucks their way yeah. and see what happens so, so you do the stock market like i do sports betting it's like a very small amount you're, yes you're, oh yeah i'm a small time player you're getting your fun out of just seeing whether you won or lost the amount of money is not relevant to you you're and, not and i invest in companies i i are near and dear to my heart so i own Keurig dr pepper sure. and molson coors yeah right so like with me I, I you know he advertises on our show but we use him i give my money to bill demery and say hey make it work brother because yep. i would be way too nervous if i did what you, what you do i'd just be watching it all the time and that wouldn't be any fun and that's one thing about our show we uh we use the sponsors you know we talked about last year had an issue with the garage door opener garage door garage doors of indianapolis came out 
fixed it, got a new one in there, and our family was super, super happy with that. They do great work. So whether it's Bill Demery or Garage Doors of Indianapolis or whatever, we use our sponsors. So I I ask you this, though, because I'm going to guess the – so overall – Last year, it was a decent year for the for the mega corporations, and our government does a good job of protecting them. The overall gain of the S and P five hundred was twenty four percent. So good. That's, that's better the, than I did. That's not that's pretty decent. That's not not too bad, you know. And it comes and it goes, and obviously people took a big hit during COVID, and so it's about when you get in and what you do and who you get in with. That's why we, well, I have a trained professional. But twenty four percent is pretty good. It's not sixty five percent. No. And 65% sounds a little ridiculous, right? Like if somebody came up to you and said, Brad, how would you like to make 65% on your money? No questions asked. I'd be like, um, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Exactly. <laughs> you would think something might be afoot if someone's guaranteeing you a 65% return on your investment. Well, Brad, dun da da 65% just happens to be the number that Nancy Pelosi got on her investments last year. So basically three times what the rest of the market did. Wait, that, so so to do that, she must be following the market like 10 hours a day. <laughs> I think it's called legalized insider trading, Brad. I think it those are the words you're all the for. time. All these people get go in dirt poor and suddenly they come out enriched. And I know their salary is what, 250000 300000 right. a year, but it is not millions of dollars a year. And yeah, why is it their stock portfolio goes up a heck of a lot more than mine does or yours does? Right. Well, and that's and remember under Pelosi, there were Democrats who had put forward uh, an act that would have um, prevented this sort of insider trading that her and others do, and she wouldn't let it get to a vote, even though she had, I believe, previously promised people as part of her retaining the speakership that she would let it get to a vote. And this is why people fight like hell. You look at a job that you see people all the time that spend millions of dollars of their own money to run for these offices. And this is why, because the the amount of money you can make, because you can exempt yourself, and in this case, Congress exempts themselves from the rules that everybody else has to play by. If you or I did these things, we'd go to federal prison, but the Congress exempts themselves so they can get a 65% return on their investments each year. Yeah. So, Ian, what's not even discussed here is, if you look, almost every elected official in Congress, they have a spouse that is getting paid to be on a board yeah. or some other corporation, probably multiple boards, mm-hmm. and it happens all the time. Yeah. And you think, of, I mean, obviously they're going after Hunter Biden because of the Biden impeachment stuff and, and what he did was horrific. But all these other, many of these other Congress people are doing same stuff. Many of these other people in the government are doing the same stuff. Hunter Biden's just a big visible fish because of his dad being the president this stuff is happening all over the place this is why these people spend exorbitant amounts of their own personal wealth to get jobs that pay a fraction of what they're willing to spend or what they're going to be making because they can make it back in terms of this insider trading stuff have you seen the difference between pence's old house down in bartholomew (laughs) county and the mansion he has now up in zionsville how does a career government worker end up being a millionaire how does that happen? Surely he amassed all that wealth when he was sitting in the chair that oh, you're sitting in right absolutely, now. Absolutely, Brad. You know what radio pays, no <laughs> doubt. Hey, so speaking of Pelosi, she was on one of these shows. I forget what it was. It doesn't even matter. And she was, uh, I mean, I guess if you're getting it, you can rig the system to get a 63 or 65% return on your investment. You don't understand what's actually going on in the economy and for everyone else. And here she is telling you how great the economy is under Joe Biden. And we have to make sure people know. We have to respect them. 
we have to listen to them we have to build community continue mm -hmm. to build community with them I'm very excited about the credentials the legitimacy the leverage that Joe Biden has given to America's working families and that's the message the, and campaigns are campaigns that's yeah. a war term yeah you have to go out there and fight and we have to make sure uh, I have no idea what she actually meant She's I, not sure she knew what she Well, yeah, and I'm not going to imply that anybody had been doing anything before they went out and did the interview. But this is the sort of talking point. Casey and I got into this the other day, which is fascinating to me for the Democrats. Normally in an election year, if things aren't going well, you will see some sort of triangulation away from the messaging. Okay, and let's find something new. But the Democrats appear set to go into 2024 and campaign on the economy's actually fine. You're stupid. You don't know just how good it is. And we're going to just convince you that what you're experiencing in your life is not real. That's a very bold strategy, Brad. I, I'm smart enough to know that mortgage rates are still around, hovering around 6%, and they used to be at 2 and 3. Yeah. Uh, more from Pelosi. Uh and again, this the ability to look the American people in the eye and just straight out lie to them, it just absolutely, it blows my mind. And this woman does it better than almost anybody else. Here's more Nancy Pelosi. Do you think it's a good idea for states to remove Donald Trump from their ballots? That's up to the states. Uh, what I think is a good idea for us to make sure people know what is at risk in the election. Uh, I won't go into the courts and the law and all of that. Different states have different laws. We have a different law in California relating to that. Mm -hmm. But what's important is what matters to the American people and their families at that kitchen table. Well, and you have to keep bringing it back to that because that's what is important to our country. But what happened on January 6th, January 6th is related to that. So now she's a big states' rights person, Brad. Did you hear that? Right, I, I did hear that, even though she's been all about the federal government for her entire career. I mean, she's up in arms over the Roe versus Wade being overturned, which left that to the states, which meant her sicko, weirdo, Marxist communists that run California can make oh, California an abortion factory, and Indiana can be a pro-life state that, that values the unborn. Apparently, it, she's just very selective of when the state's rights apply. As long as it's kicking Donald Trump off the ballot, well, each state can make that up, up for themselves. It's interesting. So I, I brought you a publication that I that I get sent to my house on a monthly basis. It's called Ballot Access News. And in Ballot Access News, they talk about who is on the ballot and what states, here, and it's exactly like it sounds. Here it is. I'm holding it up for people on the YouTube chat. If you just search Kendall and, and Casey, you can see it. I love this because this looks like the sort of newsletter that people used to get like in the 1980s. You'd yes. sign up and be on a, a newsletter list. It is printed. It's uh, very nice, but it looks like the sort of type and font of something that is, uh, oh, volume 39. So that means it has been around yes, since the 1980s. Yes, it has been around almost 40 years. And it's so called Ballot Access News. So somebody in the 1980s was doing snail mail ballot access news. Yes, and it's $12 a year to receive ballot <laughs> access news. I don't know how they make any money on this because there's no advertising in it. Um, but but well, it was ahead. talking about states rights and whether states could take people off ballots and it was there's an article in there that says that it used to be it's like 1700s 1800s that like indiana and massachusetts were the first two states to actually print ballots yeah that it, people just walk in and write down a name on mm -hmm. on the ballot and it didn't matter you know that there were several 
several instances where somebody who was not eligible to run for office won, but then the, the states, before they sent the, their electors to vote in the Electoral College, uh, would just say, yeah, that person's not eligible. We got we to gotta go to number two. But they would let anybody be on the ballot for any reason, and it wasn't until after the vote they would say, ineligible, let's go to the next one. Yeah, that's interesting, Brad, because what we're, we're not talking about here in terms of, hey, Indiana has this stupid signature requirement to get on the ballot, and I totally disagree with that, but right now it's the law. Okay, cool. You're Trump, you're DeSantis, you're Nikki Haley. You know if you're going to be on the ballot in Indiana, you got to pay somebody to get the signatures. We're talking about, and, and different states have different requirements, with that, whatever. We're talking about, in this, in one case, it's a court of Democrat-appointed judges. In the another case, in Maine, it's just a single individual that just goes, yeah, you engage in insurrection, you're out. Nobody's been even charged with it. Nobody's been charged, much less Trump, and certainly no one's been convicted of insurrection. But yeah, we... That's now, wasn't the there, Wasn't there a court case in Colorado that vaguely said, yeah, Trump engaged in insurrection, and that's what they're basing all of this on? Sure, but Trump, Donald Trump has not been convicted of anything related to January 6th inside the people who have jurisdiction over what took place on January 6th. He hasn't been charged with that. No one has been charged. Not a single person, not Viking guy, not anybody has been charged with insurrection. Can we get Viking guy on the show? Boy, that would, I wonder where, I think Viking guy probably is. Is I he think, in some sort of incarcerated yeah, I think unit? he was incarcerated for something else. Uh, but Well, so but uh, the point on all of this is they're just making it up as they go along and they we're in a weird they're so blind with the rage that they feed Trump they feed the narrative they accomplish the exact opposite of what yes. they desire to accomplish because normal people look at this and go wait a second I may not like Trump but maybe there's something to this whole idea of rigged election or the idea that they're weaponizing the courts or elected officials against him to keep him off the ballot. And that's not right. And you're turning this guy who it's very hard. The two hardest people in the world to turn into sympathetic figures are me and Trump. And it's like you're turning Donald Trump into a sympathetic figure who is so blatantly getting screwed that people go, well, I don't necessarily like him, but I'm not going to allow this to stand. So... I'm going to vote for him. He's not going to win Colorado. Maine's a split thing. He's going to get one of the two in Maine. That's always the way it goes. One's red, one's blue. He ain't going to win Colorado anyway. So all you're doing is nationally helping him in places that it ain't going to affect what you're doing anyway. Yep. So few people understand how the federal election works for president that it's not the popular vote. It is the Electoral College and it's by state. All right, uh, Brad's in for Casey. When we come back, we wrap up the week as we always do. We're back to regular programming. It's Mind Your Manners, our former Miss Indiana, Susan Beckwith, will join us. It's Jim Etiquette for your New Year's resolution. I can't wait. How to succeed and be a decent human being at the gym when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Oh yeah, we're back 
back in the swing of things. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Brad in for Casey. And uh, we're back. We're back to regular programming. And that means every Friday we wrap up the work week, sending you into the weekend with the skills and knowledge you need to be a better member of society. And to do that, we head to our former Miss Indiana, our very own Susan Beckwith. It's the Mind Your Manners segment. Susan, all right. So today, I think we're doing a very timely and important etiquette lesson for our audience. It is gym etiquette because so many in our audience have New Year's resolutions they have no intention of keeping. What say you? Yes, absolutely. And I actually applaud those. You know, I'm one that even if it motivates you to get there, even for just a few months, I think that's great. And uh, so, but yes, I I, I have experienced the onslaught of additional people in the month of January. <laughs> uh, my wife has started working out from home because she simply said it is not worth the hassle of having to deal with the people at the gym. They'll all be gone by February. And I said that may not actually be a bad strategy. <laughs> well, there are a lot of great resources out there. We actually got a Peloton last year, but I tell Mike it's the most expensive paperweight that we've ever <laughs> Now, before we get to the gym etiquette, uh, I talked with Micah earlier this week about this. Do you think my family is very poor, that we are indigent? What's the deal? Because you're literally giving me all of your family's stuff, uh, everything from sweaters to Christmas trees and all points in between. And while we thank you for that, I just want to make sure you know we're actually doing okay. Absolutely, I know that. But I do have to set the record straight. I was listening and thinking, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Totally not representing uh, the situation. So, honestly, I purchased one, um, and it wasn't really what I wanted. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to have to store it. And I remembered you were sharing that, you know, you had some lights that were out, um, that Gabrielle wanted a new one. Yes. And I thought, perfect. This is a solution. And then, like so many other people... We start the year, and you kind of want, like, a fresh start, yeah. like, cleaning up closets. I told Micah he cannot have any more sweatshirts, <laughs> so he had to go through and pick out at least five that we were going to be getting rid of, and so he threw some sweaters in the mix, and there was an awesome sweater that looked brand new, and I was like, this could go to a new home, and I thought of you. It wasn't like I was going through his closet like, this would be great for Rob. <laughs> I, uh, so I'm glad. I am so glad to be able to actually set the record straight. Yeah, well, you know, I, I keep things forever. I have shirts that I am convinced I wore in college, maybe even in high school. So this sweatshirt you're about to give me, I will have it until probably my 60th birthday. So thank you in advance because I, I get I get all the use out of the clothes. I love that. Well, that's good. I, I have a few things that I feel like are probably vintage at this point, but uh, that I love and plan to hang on to for still a very long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about gym etiquette. Obviously, a lot of people going back to the gym. Uh, we were kidding about people not keeping the New Year's resolutions. We hope you do. And a commitment to physical fitness is great. But all right. Right out of the gate, Susan. Number one, when people go to the gym, what is the number one rule for the road? Well, there's so many, but I get to start with all the ones that really bother me. So uh, don't monopolize the equipment. 
So you want to be very mindful of the fact that there are other people there, especially this time of year, because it is more full. You need to have a plan in place. You don't want to dawdle. Um, so just really be mindful that others are also there and want to use the equipment. Yeah, this is why I don't go to a gym and I work out at my house because I take forever. A lot of it is because I start watching television in the middle. So there'll be like a 15 minute unplanned break. <laughs> and so this is why I don't go to the gym because I know I would be making somebody angry because I am so slow with my workouts. Yes. Yep. You know, so that's good that you figured out that really workouts from home are probably best for you and for everybody. (laughs) Uh, And you know this, Susan, I come off as an inconsiderate jerk on the air, but in my personal life, I think I'm actually a pretty decent human being. Oh, absolutely. I just have to, you know, give a real shout out here to say when my sister passed, you and your wife both were so sweet to reach out to me several times. And that meant so much. So, yes, you are truly a good guy. And uh, don't believe ever, the persona that you hear on the airwaves. <laughs> when, when we when that happened, we actually said, hey, we'll watch your kids, whatever. And Susan was like, no, 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 no. It's OK. We got that covered. You can ruin your kid. You're not touching ours. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to see Libby. I miss her. I, uh, I haven't seen her in a while at church. We've been missing each other. So. She, she's a giant. Yeah, she is now a giant. You'll see her Sunday when we come get the uh, the Christmas tree that you've so kindly bestowed upon us. All right, gym etiquette, number two, rule for the road, number two. What is it? Okay, so this one I've had experience with. Um, there's nothing creepier than when somebody is, like, standing too close. <laughs> You know, especially when you're trying to exercise, it's just like you really be aware of personal space. Uh-huh. So, you know, give like a wide berth. Um, and, and also, you know, when somebody is trying, I, I'm, I've been new to the weightlifting, uh, trying to do a little bit more of that. If you're trying to look at form and you're looking in the mirror for that purpose, don't cross in front of someone. So those are other, you know, a couple other things to keep in mind. Yeah. Now, you, of course, as we always introduce you, you are a former Miss Indiana, which means you're, you know, a well-assembled individual. Do you get the creepy men at the gym who are too close to you? I have had that in the past, you know, so I have had experience in this, but I'm, I'm going to be very honest. Um, I'm kind of getting back into, you know, exercise. It's not something I actually love, and so, but I'm trying to be better and force myself because I ultimately feel better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, all right, that's number one. Number two, Susan Beck with our guest. It's Mind Your Manners. Gym etiquette uh, to start the year here in 2024. Number three, the number, th- the third most important rule for the road. Ugh, keep it clean. <laughs> Nobody wants to see, <laughs> you know, your sweaty butt print on a weight bench. So, uh, you know, be sure that after you're done using equipment, especially if you are just pouring sweat, that you're mindful to wipe it down and keep it clean for others. All right. So our top three rules for the road before we give you an opportunity to get a fourth one and get out of here in case people are just just coming in. Number one is uh, be mindful of the time you spend on the equipment. Don't hog the equipment. Number two, don't be a creeper and be too close to people who are who are working out. And number three, be sure to clean the equipment down. Susan, as you send us out here on gym etiquette what is the fourth most important thing people should remember well another good one is to be sure to put it back where you found it especially with the weight so that way it's there when somebody else needs to use it and they don't have to go hunting for it yeah see that's another reason i work out at my house because my wife yells at me all the time that i don't put my weights back where i found them and uh the my excuse is i pay the mortgage around here i can do what i want i don't think that would go (laughs) well in the gym yeah no (laughs) 
I love it. I am curious. Do you have a New Year's resolution or no? Uh, my New Year's resolution is always the same. Don't get fired from WIBC. And thus, uh, seven years in a row, I have uh, exceeded all expectations of my New Year's resolution. Yes, and just signed a new contract, so you're doing great. I did, yes. Um, it's 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 just a wild and wacky world we live in here. But, hey, speaking of wild and wacky worlds, you have a fabulous website and Facebook page, Bell of the Midwest. Tell us about it. Yes, check it out. Actually, I'll be sharing a blog post specifically about seven etiquette tips for hitting the gym. So uh, there will be a few more that we didn't have time to cover today, so be sure to check it out. Also, some links to some of my favorite exercise clothes. So um, Bell of the Midwest, you can check that out. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow me on Instagram as well as Facebook at Bell of the Midwest. Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. Find it on Facebook as well and Instagram. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Yes, have a great weekend. Yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Brad for filling in for Casey. Hope everybody has a great, safe, and happy weekend. We'll be back here Monday at 9 until noon. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.